0: Hey, Paul tried to put me on blast. I had to run to the bathroom real quick. Dang. (laughs) I was trying to watch the baptisms, and then I had to go, all right? So, um, hey, the second piece to uh, what's happening there and Um, This tells two stories, which is why I'm grabbing this. We will do a little bit of the word today as well, but um, was the vision fund. So uh, there's a lot of people that gave for the first time or began to increase or even tried to get their mind right in terms of uh, making sure that they are actually understanding how to give. But then there were people that gave over and above and on top of that. And so what you see behind me there is actually what we call the vision fund. Remember, we kept kind of putting that in front of you each week. These are people that gave above and beyond the regular things so that we can do some special things as a church. And I want to actually share what those numbers there kind of represent. And the first one is actually just the generosity of our church at large. Three months ago, nobody knew we were doing a vision fund, so it wasn't like people saved up money to be able to give to this, like this was kind of random, out of the blue, and there were people that gave some significant gifts into this at large, and just to be able to see God move in different ways. And I want to real quick highlight what those four numbers represent. One of them uh, is our largest need, which is a gathering space. And from that total number, you can see that it actually allows us to kind of accelerate and. to be able to move faster, so that if and when we find a spot we 're actually able to move on it way quicker. If you remember if you have been with the well for a couple of years, there was a spot that we were hoping for, but we didn 't have anything like in the bank we weren 't ready to go, and to some extent maybe lost out on that. And so as time goes on as we're able to build into that, we're actually able to move quickly to be able to hopefully move and find a space where we can kind of camp out and make much of Jesus there in a specific location. Uh, the other uh, numbers in that, one of them is to be able to serve Austin. And what we're hoping for is that we would actually be able to serve Austin in a big way, kind of how we used to do when we were back at Campbell or at Martin, and also through our community groups. A large portion of this is actually going to be distributed throughout different CGs to where when y'all are serving, when you have needs that are in your community, or when you have needs within nonprofits that we're serving and partnering together with in a church, we're actually able to make an aggressive sort of a fast response to be able to bless the city of Austin at large because we don't want to exist just for ourselves, we actually want to exist for the world around us as well. In fact, if I can just boast in our elders real quick, usually when you do some sort of fund like this... Uh, 90 plus percent goes to the church. Because the church has need and the church has things that are happening. We did the exact opposite and the elders really encouraged that most of it actually goes outside of us. You see, this is going to go outside of us or church planting is actually going to go outside of us as well. Though it's internal where we build up, we're actually sending out to no real benefit of the well at large. And so 25% goes to our largest mission and vision to be able to plant churches, to put that number in percent. Perspective, it actually allows us to do about uh, one national plant or like three international plants quicker than what we were able to do even just a month ago. And so the giving allowed us to accelerate the vision in that sense. And then within the minority residency to be able to create these funds that would uh, break down the barrier that often exists for minorities to step into ministry that we would be able to actually train and develop and uh, support and then hopefully multiply that them out as well. And so I just want to say as your pastor and as somebody who uh, was a little bit nervous about this when we did this because it was like, yo, we got a young church, right? Like a lot of people are on the first bullet point of their resume, which means you ain't making no money yet. (laughs) And the fact that this much came in is a blessing to the kingdom of God, y'all. And so let's (laughs) praise God for this. Hey, my hope within this, y'all, is that we would be able to see the gospel advance more quickly. Everything we just saw, like that that's not just kind of show and play and like, oh, yay, like, no, 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 this is real life, y'all. Like, lives are being changed eternally, not just momentarily, not just to have another friend group, but to be with God forever. And that's what we get to celebrate at the end of our time today is really our biggest celebration, if you will. The culmination of it is actually the multiplication of a whole entire church Y'all listen, we heard a stat the other day that only 6% of churches actually plant other churches. Of those churches, only 2% of the church plants then go on and plant other churches as well. And so what we're getting to be a part of, it just doesn't happen a lot, y'all. Like we're getting to see something really beautiful here. So I want to spend just a few minutes in the word to kind of frame our minds so that we can actually celebrate what God is doing amongst us. Because I think baptism we kind of get and and child dedication we kind of get. But church planting, it can kind of seem ethereal to us or like we're out of the picture until we realize how God has been at work amongst us. And we need to bless the name of the Lord, y'all. Like we're getting to be a part. You, you are getting to be a part of something that most people would never get to see in their life. And we get to do it over and over and over again. So the word for today is Titus chapter 3. It's going to be verse 12 through 15 is where we're going to read, all right? And so it will be on the screen as well. But Titus 3, uh, beginning there in verse 12. Paul says this. He says, when I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, Do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Do your best to speed Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing. And let our people learn to devote themselves to good works, so as to help cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. Generosity campaign. Okay. Okay. "...all who are with me send greetings to you, greet those who love us in the faith, grace be with you all." This is how Paul ends his letter to Titus. Now, there's a ton in the passage. We won't have time to actually dive into all of it today, but I want to, at a very high level, give us the vision for church planting. This passage is actually locked deep into what we hope to be and do as a church. Church planting, it's a core conviction of ours, and it's our biggest vision, but why? Like, why does church planting matter so much? Why is it the mission? Why is it the vision? Why do we not just stop at celebrating baptisms, but we take it one step further and go a little bit more as well, that this becomes a foreshadow of a plant at large? Well, we believe it's our core conviction and our distinctive that the local church is God's means of redeeming the world to himself. In fact, there's a lot of language there, but you see that we desire to plant 100 churches nationally and 100 churches internationally as well Because within that, we see the glory of God displayed through the local church. And within that, look, we don't celebrate growing as a church. We actually celebrate going as a church. And so all the other stuff that was happening is awesome and praise God. But if we only exist for ourselves, y'all, our life is like the flower in the field. It is here today and gone tomorrow. But the kingdom of God does not fade. And when we multiply the kingdom expression, then we're multiplying the glory of God to the glory of God's name. And we're going to be a part of that. You see, we were saved not just to be isolated Christians. God actually saved us into a family, into a local expression of the kingdom. It is the local church that Christ died for. To begin to establish. It is the local church, y'all, that will usher in the kingdom. We are the new John the Baptist that will usher in the second coming of Christ as we proclaim being ready for the day of the Lord. We want to be about this. Listen, church planning, it was so natural in the New Testament. Do you know that it's not commanded once? Anywhere in the New Testament, there's no command to plant churches because it was assumed that it would just be happening regularly as part of the lifeblood of a church. It was understood you go to a city and you saturate that city with the gospel and then you form a local church around these believers and begin to build the kingdom through them and express the kingdom from them. It was Paul's mission It was Peter's mission. It was what Jesus wanted when he commissioned Peter that churches would be built. And all of this happens as local churches build together. Think about it. Nearly every New Testament letter is written to a what? A church. Or to pastors of local churches. In fact, in this letter, Paul left Titus in Crete because a church had formed. And so even here you see evidences of church planting. Now, I really quickly want to give you the fastest four-point sermon ever. All right, you better be talking during the rest of it, too, whoever you was. I'm just kidding. Fastest one ever on why church planting is important, okay? Seatbelts, you ready? Number one, we see that church planting or sending is strategic, okay? It's strategic. Notice that Paul is always sending out his best or he's leaving his best, Like, Titus is a close confidant of Paul, right? They did all this ministry together, but he leaves Titus in Crete to establish a church because church planting is important. Church planting is the the strategic way of reaching the lost world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul cares more about having the gospel being spread throughout the world than even having his best ministry partners with him. He wants churches established. You see on the screen there, Paul is at Nicopolis because it's a very strategic city. It was a port city that people came in and out of all the time. And so if Paul could plant a church there, then many people would hear the gospel. They would be able to take the gospel back to their area and plant more churches, and Jesus' name would be glorified because he is glorified as people worship him. It's actually why we love Austin so much. It's kind of like a port city. People are here for a couple of years and if they interact with Jesus wherever they might go afterwards, we see God's kingdom expand. We want to plant churches. Notice there you have Zenos and Apollos You have Zenos, the lawyer, the marketplace worker, and Apollos was a minister. According to the book of Acts, he was a phenomenal preacher, actually. And so both are needed for the sake of the gospel. Paul is being strategic in having them come to advance the work of God. Notice even the strategy that Paul gives here for the health of the church and sending other missionaries. Paul says, uh, when I send, then you go. What are we seeing here? Paul is making sure there are other capable leaders to lead the church because he doesn't want something to die just so that another work is accomplished. And so he's making sure there's support in Crete. Planting is strategic. In fact, according to missiologists who are people who studied mission, they say that church plants are nine times more effective at reaching the lost than established churches. In other words, people come into church plants, in some ways, you're just trying to survive as a church plant, so you'll share everybody the gospel. And man, God is glorified in that. And so church planting is strategic. Second of all, sending is also communal. That's the second part. Planting is a communal act. Notice the names here, Artemis and Tychicus. Apollos was actually taught by a couple, Priscilla and Aquila. They led him to faith. They discipled him. They trained him up, and then they sent him out. And so each of us has a part to play in church planting, y'all. It's a communal act. You are a part of what you're about to experience in a second, which is why I really want you to listen to these words, because this isn't just something random. You're a part of this. Like, you get to partake in the mission and vision of God. A lot of times when we don't know Jesus, we feel like our life doesn't have a lot of purpose and meaning. And then as we come to Christ, I want you to know that he literally imputes this unbelievable meaning into your life. You are a part of expanding the kingdom of God, family. It is a communal thing that we are all a part of. You see, Priscilla isn't mentioned here in Titus, but she's a part of the plant in Crete because Apollos is going to help build the church. And he learned a lot of what he is teaching through her And so we each have a part to play, not just the planter or the team going. And so it wasn't just Tori that was training Juhan how to be a lead pastor, but it's each of us that are training and encouraging and sustaining one another's faith that makes a solid church. It's communal. We all have a part to play. Notice in verse 14, he even calls the church at Crete our people, even though Paul isn't even there. He still loves these people as if they are his. He's a part of them. We're in this kingdom fight together. Each church that we plant, each church that we send, it is all of us. Which goes to my third point. Church planting is hard because it's communal. And because the church is a family, church planting is hard. In fact, at the end there, you see that Paul says, I want to all of us to love us in the faith. Because there's a communal aspect here that is important. There's all of this intimacy, which actually makes it really hard to sin. You see, all these people are dear friends of Paul. And I could go more into this, but for the sake of time, we actually see all throughout the New Testament, Paul grieves the loss of these relationships. But he knows that he'll also have them for eternity. So he's willing to send his best so that more will come into the kingdom. We should be willing to do the same, church family to send our best that more would come into the kingdom because we believe in the kingdom of God. Now listen, some are meant to stay and to be a forever family. That's true even in the New Testament. There's the moms and the dads and the grandmas of the church where the home of the church is always open. And so I pray genuinely that some of you are at the well forever, that all of you like lawyers, the Zenuses of the world, don't be running off with Juhan now, all right? We need you here, too, so we can build, all right? But some people stay, and some people go, and this is an awesome accordion that Daniel talked about in the midst of the church, and so some people stay, and we keep building the church here, and we support others as they're sent out, and we even fill in holes where they might be leaving, and there's this beautiful aspect here, but some go, and we actually hurt when our friends leave. It's kind of how we know we're doing it right, y'all because this is a family like we talked about last week, but it is helpful to the kingdom of God, and we care more about Jesus' glory than we even do our own comfort. And so we send to see Jesus' name glorified, plus one day we'll be comforted together forever anyway when we rest with him eternally, y'all. And we're getting to be a part of that today. There's a coming and going that's natural for the people of God. Fourth point, finally, church planting is necessary. Because Jesus commanded it. We could do more here, but time once again. But you see in Titus chapter 3, these natural rhythms of the church. Some are sending, others are going, some are supporting others who are going, some are encouraging other people in the faith, some are beginning a new work, some are establishing an old work. Planting is the natural rhythm of a healthy church because it is being obedient to Jesus who told us to form gospel communities to the world around us. And today, well, family, we get to send once again as a church. We get to be a part of what the scripture commands us to do. We, not I, not the elders, not the staff team, all of us together are a part of this in different ways. And so we're sending strategically, first point, into the domain where there's a part of the city that actually has no physical churches in that actual area. What we're doing is strategic. There needs to be a church there, We're sending strategically. We get to send as a community. People are leaving our community to form other communities, particularly amongst people who do not yet have a home. This is hard work, therefore, because some of our friends are leaving. Personally, Juhan, one of my best ministry partners, is leaving. In fact, we have multiple positions open right now that we could hire for. Juhan could fill all of those. But rather than keeping, we sin because there's something more important, y'all. The work of the gospel. We're obedient to the commands of Christ. And listen, even though it's hard, even though it's communal, strategic, this is necessary, y'all. It's what we get to be a part of. And so that's what we're doing. We are a part of this. Each of us are a part of it. And I hope that you see that as we're building as a church, a Sunday by Sunday, it's hard to see until we see the baptism. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, we're a part of this. Or it's hard to see until we see groups. And I hope today you see that, man, you just got to do something really cool to be a part of what very few people ever get to be a part of, to multiply a whole church for the glory of God. And so I want to invite Juhan and Christine and they little chilling up here. Come on, y'all. Yeah. And, and and as they're coming, I, I just want you to know they've been a part of a really intensive two-year plan. And we feel confident to send them out as a church, all right? What up? What up, Z? How are you? Yeah. And they've been a part of a two-year development process that the, uh, the elders at the well, we feel confident in their ability to go. We feel confident in Juhan's pastoral ability and Christine's pastoral ability that there would be a building up of people around them. We feel like they're going to do a good work, and so we want to bless them as a community. We also know, though, that it's not just the leader, right? But it's the whole team of people that make up a church. It's not just the pastor. In fact, it's not even just Christ himself. He's the head, but we are the body. All of us make up the church. And so I want to bring up the whole entire team, uh, the Bridge Austin team. If y'all are ready, come on up. Y'all give it up for them. There's a lot of people. Hey, step out in front. Yeah. Yeah, y'all feel the stage, feel the stage. Praise God, praise God. Hey, as they're filling the stage. I want to give us vision real quick, okay? That once again this is a communal thing. We're all in this together, y'all. Each of us has a part to play in this. And so I want you to know that what you see behind you are a lot of people who have invested a ton into your life, whether you realize it or not. There's people that have volunteered, that have taken care of your children. There are people that have served within RCGs that have blessed this family. There are people that have been here for six, seven years as a church at large that are heading out now to be able to start this new work like you have been blessed by the people that you see. There's been all of this serving, all of this encouragement, all of this building up that has actually gone into your life. And I want you to feel the beauty of that. Because what that means is that if they bless you, will they not bless other people as well as we commission them to start this new work? Here's the other thing I want to do, though. I want, to know, want you to know that, man. you're a part of this as well, right? We did the giving right before, not to just celebrate the giving, but to say, listen, everything that you give, part of that money goes to church planting. Like, we're serious about this, y'all. We want to plant churches, meaning if you've given anything, if you've served in any way, like, you're a part of this. Like, you should feel a joy in your heart to go, there are people that don't have a church home right now that will because of the work you've done, You get to be a part of this, y'all. And so I want to do this. It's always risky to do a live illustration, but sometimes you know they're going to be good, okay? (laughs) Listen, there's a lot of faces that you see. And what I want to do is I want to show how churches bless churches. There's not competition, right? There's not like, like we have joy to send. It's hard, but it's necessary. And so what I want you to do is that if you've been blessed by somebody here on the stage that you see, okay? Maybe Juan, Christine, they've blessed you. Maybe there are people here that have watched your kids, that have served in your CGs, that have discipled you, that have just encouraged you one Sunday and you were like, man, I'm glad I'm here or whatever it might have been. In a second, not yet, but I actually want you to stand. And as they stand, Bridge Church, I want you to see the impact that you've made before you go make an impact somewhere else. That by serving on worship, by blessing other people in different ministries, by serving uh, our kids, by discipling others, by being on our staff team in the past, or all this different movement that has happened, that you have blessed many other people. And I want you to see that before we commission you out to even give you confidence that if you can bless our church, you're gonna bless in other areas as well. And so, the Will Austin, if you have been blessed by anybody on the stage, would you actually stand up right now? Praise God. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Take care. Mm -hmm. Pooley's over there bawling. I can't even look at her. I'm about to start crying. I already didn't cry during baptisms. Hey, we actually want to bless these people as well. And so I'm going to invite my awesome wife up, Natalie, who helped us establish this church. And as we were commissioned, we want to commission others as well and just pray over them. So if you would, would you stand with us? Natalie's going to share words of blessing and a prayer. I'll pray as well. And then we'll commission them out as a church family together.